Welcome to the Gratitude Calendar Podcast, part of a series of podcasts under the Gratitude in the Workplace channel. My name is Dr. Deborah Stewart, and I am an organizational psychologist who researches essential components of positive workplace cultures and individual wellness. These podcasts also support the Workplace Gratitude courses for leaders offered through my online courses and CEO offerings. You may contact me at pictureyourselfstronger at yahoo.com for more information about the courses to improve workplace culture and individual wellness. That's pictureyourselfstronger at yahoo.com. It is essential to view these podcasts as a starting point or suggestion for building an individual or workplace practice of optimism and gratitude. And the podcast should never be used as a substitute for professional consulting or direct medical advice from a doctor or other qualified clinician. When receiving therapy and guidance from your healthcare practitioner, it is important to inform them of the details of your practice of gratitude. Gratitude must be practiced at your individual comfort level while being situationally aware of the intentions and agendas of others. The research and review for the podcast, The Gratitude Calendar, is a starting point for understanding how to build and sustain your practice of gratitude. The Gratitude in the Workplace channel, podcast, and courses are suggested approaches to implementing optimism and gratitude in the workplace. However, an assessment is recommended to be conducted by the leadership of each workplace environment to discover unmet needs among the employee population before trying to implement a practice of gratitude in the workplace or educational setting. Gratitude in organizations is a low-cost, no-cost program to increase social connectedness and reciprocity in the workplace or educational setting. In this podcast, the literature review will reveal what interferes with our best intentions to create and sustain a practice of gratitude. Additionally, we will explore personality types so that a gratitude calendar can be created that best suits our available time habits, and preferred ways of expressing gratitude. Also, we will examine the dark side of gratitude and how when we practice gratitude, we should be situationally aware of the motives and agendas of others. And finally, suggestions on how to create a gratitude calendar will be offered that is flexible and within our social tolerance level for engagement, giving of ourselves, and scheduling acts of gratitude and kindness. It is no surprise how difficult it is to create healthy habits, maintain a New Year's resolution, or maintain healthy mindsets. There are many factors that may cause the start-stop and restart cycle of trying to integrate a sustained practice for anything. For example, if unmet needs are experienced, unexpected loss or grief occurs, sudden health declines, demands in- increase on our time and available resources, financial loss occurs, and unexpected disasters, political unrest, war or violence is experienced. Um, these events, when they happen in our lives, it's important to take extra care of ourselves and our personal needs. Restarting our best intentions as able and taking time to heal and regroup 
is the best approach. Wilding commented that the fresh start effect suggests that it's easiest to adopt to new habits and make changes at natural transition points. Gino stated that the temporal landmarks help us determine a new distinct starting point and can be motivating as they highlight a contrast between current and future goals. If you've been following the podcast in the Gratitude in the Workplace channel, then you know the many benefits of an individual, community, or workplace practice of gratitude. According to the Mayo Clinic, a practice of gratitude increases social connectedness, reciprocity, improves sleep, mood, and immunity, and gratitude can decrease depression, anxiety, difficulties with chronic pain, and risk of disease. Workplace and educational settings may also see increased social connectedness, reciprocity, engagement, morale, and loyalty. However, most of us need to structure or build a practice of gratitude into our daily lives, but we may procrastinate practicing gratitude, which may interfere with our sustained practice of gratitude. Procrastination is a verb and is defined as putting something off intentionally and habitually. According to Psychology Today, procrastination also involves a degree of self-deception. At some level, procrastinators are aware of their actions and the consequences, but changing their habits requires even greater effort than completing the task in front of them. Another thought by Claire informs us that behavioral psychology research has revealed a phenomenon called time consistency which helps explain why procrastination seems to pull us in despite our good intentions. Time inconsistency refers to the tendency of of the human brain to value immediate rewards more highly than future rewards. Since the benefits of practicing uh, gratitude results over time, immediate rewards may not be apparent and procrastination may occur. Missing your practice of gratitude occasionally should be viewed as a necessity of life, uh, you know, when life becomes chaotic or life events uh, demand your total attention. It's important to give yourself grace and get back on track when you can. And the idea is no guilt and no pressure to to perform or compete with our intended goals for a practice of gratitude because life happens. The American Psychological Association defines a personality trait as a relatively stable, consistent, and enduring internal characteristic that is inferred from a pattern of behaviors, attitudes, feelings, and habits in the individual. Life events, illness, accident, and injury in both positive and negative situations may temporarily change personality results. Therefore, personality traits can be measured and analyzed over time. The five-factor model, or the big five personality types, is a well-accepted personality test among the social science community. According to Psychological World, the five-factor model explains the difference in personality and behavior. In 1936, psychologists Alport and Odberg extracted approximately 4,500 terms from Webster's New International Dictionary, which described types of behavior or personality traits. And many of these terms could be grouped under similar factors, and so later work focused on the production of more concise trait inventories, 
which would be more practical in the field of personality research. In the 1940s, Cattell developed a 16-item inventory of personality traits and created the 16 Personality Factor Questionnaire instrument to measure these traits. McRae and Costa later developed the five-factor model, which describes personality in terms of five broad factors. Psychologist Louis Goldberg referred to these as the big five factors of personality and developed the International Personal Item Pool an inventory for describing statements relating to each trait. Within each factor, a set of individual traits relate to more specific acts and aspects of personality. The five factor may be assessed using a number of measures, including self-report questionnaires. Simple Psychologist summarizes the theory using the acronym CANOE or OCEAN. For example, uh, C is conscientiousness, and that is a range of um, personality behaviors that uh, move from impulsive, uh, disorganized, uh, versus disciplined and careful. The next acronym letter is agreeableness. That would be suspicious, uncooperative behavior versus trusting and helpful. The next uh, letter in the acronym is N, and that stands for necroticism, where calm and confident uh, is the opposite of anxious and pessimistic. So moving on to the O in the acronym, openness to experience, it refers to routine uh, and being practical versus imaginative and spontaneous. And the E in the acronym, it stands for extroversion. So the personalities are either reserved and thoughtful versus sociable and fun-loving. There are surveys online that you can take to receive free results by taking a quiz version of the five-factor model. Professional clinicians, psychologists, psychiatrists, and workplace recruiters may also offer the quiz and corresponding results. And it's important to know that all surveys have limitations and are just an overview of a moment in time. Taking a quiz or similar survey over a period of time is more likely to reveal stable personality traits and trends. The benefit of understanding your personality types may be helpful in relationships, new roles, the development of new habits and goals, and accepting new challenges. Using the personality trait of conscientiousness as example, if one should score high on this personality trait, then they may design their practice of gratitude in a well-organized and detailed manner. Scoring low on conscientiousness might mean that the person may be less organized and prone to procrastination. With this information at hand, a person could design a practice of gratitude that suits this personality trait. For example, a person scoring high in conscientiousness might use applications and calendars to organize their practice of gratitude Versus scoring low on conscientiousness uh, survey might mean that the practice of gratitude is designed in less structured ways, with opportunities to skip scheduled gratitude activities and participate in more spur-of-the-moment gratitude activities. The Big Five Factor Model Personality is a good starting point for understanding your preferred ways of interacting with others, as are the learning style inventories, such as the VARC Learning Style Assessment Inventory to review preferred learning styles. Valuable and reliable self-assessments may help to create a practice of gratitude that is suitable 
and one that suits the individual preferences for interacting, social connectedness, and reciprocity. Through much research, it has been found that the practice of gratitude has many mental and health benefits. For example, according to Newman, Gordon, and Mendez, trait gratitude consistently predicted lower heart rate and blood pressure, better sleep quality, better ability to exercise more often, less stress, more positive expectations and reflections, and greater feelings of appreciation toward others. The benefits of a consistent gratitude practice are too numerous to count. However, Dr. Rose cautions that forced gratitude could lead to some unexpected problems. Dr. Rose stated that gratitude traps may have a detrimental impact on your well-being, especially if artificially induced positivity causes you to deny yourself from experiencing a full range of emotions. Being exploited by others, both personally and professionally, is possible if you're not situationally aware of the motives and agendas of others. When practicing gratitude or receiving gifts of gratitude, stay in touch with your values and question any unauthentic exchanges or where unethical behavior is expected from receiving the award or recognition is important. Examples might be lying or engaging in criminal activity for the organization, friend, or loved one. Understanding the indebtedness nature of gratitude, which some may call the dark side of gratitude, does not mean that we forego a sincere practice of gratitude for our own health and well-being. However, it does mean that we practice gratitude in a safe environment where unmet needs are met and within a healthy mental mindset so that expectations are less stressful and with better health outcomes. Our environment may be chaotic and stressful. However, with a situationally aware practice of gratitude, we can still enjoy moments of gratitude. Uh, ben stated that you can have both a strong sense of gratitude along with feelings of sadness, confusion, or anxiety. When constructing a gratitude calendar, consider your current commitments and demands of your time and energy and keep your practice simple. Keeping categories such as acts of kindness, thank yous, reciprocity, social connectedness, spirituality, appreciation, recognition, praise and present and past and future thankfulness as points of organizations are good if you scored as a high conscientious personality trait. Less organization may be needed for low conscientiousness personalities such as loosely organized calendar that has high points or favorite types of gratitude expression occurring on a more random or spur of the moment expression of gratitude. Always keeping in mind the personal benefits of a practice of gratitude and how your expression of gratitude improves the lives of others and sometimes benefits the greater good of communities and social groups. Pre-printed calendars, uh, desk calendars, and notepads with random ideas for expressing, uh, expressing gratitude uh, are a thriving industry. Gratitude journals are very popular, as are gratitude jars to keep acts of gratitude log for future reference. These reminders and tips work very well for reminding users to pick and choose their gratitude activity for the day or the week. There are also gratitude applications that can be uploaded to your phone for the on-the-go gratitude or to use as a tracking device for your expression of gratitude. There are also interactive gratitude applications where users are guided through different activities that inspire gratitude and the user may even be able to talk with a counselor or a trained listener.
Thank you for listening to the podcast, The Gratitude Calendar, which is part of the Gratitude in the Workplace channel. Be sure to check out the podcast, Gratitude in Difficult Times, 100 Ways to Promote and Express Gratitude, and Gratitude May Reduce Anxiety. As always, feel free to contact me about your gratitude thoughts and ideas for future podcasts. My name is Dr. Deborah Stewart, and you may reach me at pictureyourselfstronger at yahoo.com. Thank you.